Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between. Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there, Big Ten Backers. This is your host, AJ, with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Top Beef. So, Beef, these Southern coaches, they're a little butt hurt. They got a little anal leakage, a little upset about this college football expansion happening up north. What you got for me? Yeah, the fissures are running deep in the south. The anal fissures, that is. Man, these guys, they're just talking, talking, talking. They know money rules it. Money rules everything. I mean, championships, they count too, but money money talks and bullshit walks. We talked about that before. I mean, what's going on here? You have Lane Kiffin giving a shout out to Eli Drinkowitz, the Missouri coach who is like, are we talking about families? Are we really talking about what the whole cost is? Meaning not the cost monetarily, but the cost to the students. And when the fuck do these guys care about the students? Lane Kiffin leaves Tennessee like in the middle of the night, basically tries to bring a bunch of recruits with him. Is he caring about their mental health at that time? Hell no. He recruited these guys, promised mom and dad he was going to take care of them. He's about his money. Why can't the Big Ten and Fox be about theirs? No, I agree. And then let's say this. You have the number one quarterback for some reason is in Europe. And for some dumb reason, he chooses to take his talents to Missouri. Do you think old Drink is going to be like, hmm, this is probably too far. Your parents will never get you to say play football. Or will he be like, yo, come in here and play? You know he's going to say come in here and play. He's not going to be concerned about you know, what his parents can and can't do as far as coming to the games. He wants those W's. He wants those wins. He wants that job security. He wants to get paid. So absolutely ridiculous. Dumb. It's all false moral posturing, acting like he actually cares for these kids and everything about them. I'm sure he cares for his kids. I shouldn't say that exactly, but you get what I'm I'm pointing at. I know, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, there is a way to tell if this is just a narrative pushed by ESPN and look at it. Adam Rittenberg comes out. He's a Big Ten writer, but he writes for ESPN. The line, in quotations, this is something he tweeted. I Do we want to call it tweets? He X'd this. The line from today, I can't stop thinking about, isn't surprising, but it resonates and conforms how we got here, was from a high-level source at a Big Ten school about the league's lead media partner and its role in the latest expansion. They are running the conference. And you don't think ESPN is pushing narratives for SEC? I mean, we've all seen it. They don't even send recruiters out to check on recruits in the Big Ten. They don't care about it anymore. That's why no one uses ESPN's recruiting rankings. It's They're definitely the the worst in the business as far as recruiting rankings. But they're definitely pushing a, a narrative. Fox gained some power by them adding these schools and then of course ESPN took it as a threat so they're using all their little yeah. minions to push out what they want the narrative and agenda absolutely and listen you know the only one who's allowed to talk about this is the goat man Saban himself he can talk whatever he wants his opinion counts his opinion does count Let- he's allowed to say whatever he wants I still think he's saying for the brand and still talking for the brand but since he's Nick Saban 
you know, and you're the goat, go ahead and make your goat cheese. And Saban himself, he never gets up on that stand without that Coke bottle and that DeSanti water. He's representing a brand. He's making money for a man. All right. He knows. And he said, you know, it's sad about the traditions being pushed to the wayside. He gets it. Yeah, it is sad. That's right. Yeah, I can't believe uh, some of the some of the stuff Lane Kiffin said us. Some of the things that were coming back at him, like, "Hey, why don't you win a SEC championship before you talk?" Or you know, you were definitely more concerned about those kids when you left in the middle of the night to go somewhere else for a bigger paycheck. So funny how yeah, and kind of. And things. I thought realignment was over. I didn't want to talk realignment anymore. I want to get into real football talk. But there is some things we have to address real quick. AJ, the whole ACC thing, it's garbage. People are just pushing stuff to get clicks. Stanford's not going to the ACC. Cal's not going to the ACC. SMU makes a little bit more sense, but it's also diluting the brand. What what does SMU do? It gets you into Texas. That's it. No, I agree. I don't understand why they want SMU. Add another Boston College. Maybe they have a, a higher ceiling. Don't really get that move. Cal and Stanford, it would make sense if they were closer. Yeah, I mean, you don't go into a bar hoping to get the fat chick before you get drunk, do you? They're like mopeds, man. They're fun to ride till your friends find out. Another aspect that we didn't talk about was they brought up how it's not big on football because football only has six away games a year. But what about all the other sports programs who have to travel a lot more like basketball or track or swimming or so on or so forth? And then my thoughts on that is, you know, if Oregon and Washington don't jump ship and Utah and the four corner schools don't join the Big 12, what happens to all those programs? You know, Oregon and Washington better be thankful that the Big 10 stuck their big money dig out there for them to grab a hold of and get saved. I mean, you look at Olympic sports, they need some of the funding. But the other aspect is if no one was really talking about this as much as they are now because it's more money. It's the entire West Coast. But now it's actually better for the students too. So now you have a pod of four out there instead of two. West Coast, none of those people are traveling any farther as they would have any other year. You know, they're all going to play each other. So you have all those games and then you're probably going to have a West division, right? Yeah, I would definitely think that they might bring back the divisions instead of going divisionless now that there's probably going to be a little bit more of a competitive edge between the, the Big Ten East and West like it's been. All right. So Greg Sankey said that there needs to be some changes to the playoff format for 2024 due to all these teams moving around. So what's your thoughts on that beef? Uh, Absolutely. We need a change. Uh, Now it's not a power five anymore. It is a power four. So what are they going to do? Originally, this is how it was written. The field will be comprised of the selection committee's six highest ranked conference champions and its next six highest ranked teams. The four highest-ranked conference champions will earn the top seeds in the first round by. The other eight teams will play in a first round with the higher seeds hosting the lower seeds on campus or at another site of their choice. So, how does that change things with the playoffs? Because this is all coming together. Yeah, once, definitely. Man. You're losing a, a power five. So, you're going to have a power four versus a power five now. So, that would be the biggest uh, obvious change that's out there. And then how you slice up the pie from there. I think you keep it, you know, mostly similar. You take your top four conference champions, give them a bye, and then you outlarge the rest. And that's kind of how I see it going down. And that, that really essentially stays the same, where I think you take the top 
five conference champions because I don't want to dilute these games. I mean, you have some of these teams playing really strong teams and some of them playing someone from the Sun Belt or the MAC or the Mountain West or whatever the hell the Pac-4 is going to be. You need to take the top four conference champions. All right. The top four still have that buy in the first round. And then the rest, one of them will be a conference champion. And then the rest are just at okay, large. That's a, All right. So that gives you an extra out That's a pretty good point. I like that because you can still get that Cinderella dancing at the ball. You know, maybe we get a Boise. Yeah, you get one maybe Cinderella. Get and maybe two. Maybe you, you still might get two. I mean, Cincinnati made it in four. So why couldn't there be an extra Cinderella in there? If they're good enough, if they play the schedule, they're going to make it. You can make it in that top 12. And the committees, they're going to keep that in their mind. That's going to be in their back pocket. If this team's playing like Cincinnati did, playing Notre Dame, I mean, they played what would be like a Power 5 team, I guess. I mean, Notre Dame's the worst possible example since they're independent, but I think Greg Sankey's right. This is where I agree with someone from the SEC, and, you know, he's got a good point. It needs to at least be looked yeah, at, I'd right? Yeah, I agree. It doesn't even need to be looked at. It needs to be changed. There's no looking at it. It needs You need to get under the hood, change some spark plugs, yeah. add some wires, you know, change the oil. You need to do a lot. Make sure that's fixed, because obviously four teams from the Pac-12, not one of those is going to yes. shouldn't be in the playoffs just because they played in the Pac-4 if that's the case at the time. Of course, yeah. The conference realignment has caused the playoff format to need oh, a boot no job. Doubt. You know, you know, make sure it's a classy boot yeah, job, though. You don't want to go too big. Yeah, um, yeah we want to... Don't get dimples in my boob job. Let's <laughs> get know, it correct, buddy. You don't want that uh, grocery bag sag coming out the side, you know. You know, and this brings me to our next point. We had a... He's on our Facebook, NIL Fan Vote Facebook page, and he brought up a point that we talked about all this conference realignment, the newcomers coming in the Big Ten. He wanted us to take a look at the cheerleaders, so for some reason my mind went boob job cheerleaders, so... We are going to talk very briefly about cheerleaders. So he brought this to us again from NIL Fan Vote Facebook page, who is our sponsor. So Rhett wanted us to rank the receivers. Oh, they're going to be the receivers after tonight. I think you meant the cheerleaders, Oh, yeah, my bad. I meant uh, the cheerleaders, but I guess they can be both. So, yeah. Who has the number one cheerleaders in college football? Well, we had to Google this. We had to look it up, and AJ tells oh, we, got, we got uh, Oregon and coming in at number one there. Oregon with a swing, swing, and then swing. USC coming in at number two. USC with a swing, swing. And I don't know AJ a lot about cheerleaders. Well, what I do know is Ohio State is more of a performance-based squad, so they are not necessarily looking for just girls to get up there and look pretty. They need to do flips. They need to keep their arms straight, and they need to be seen from. Way up in the stands. Oh, yeah. They're definitely more performance-based than a whore ornament, but, you know, they get the job done, right? Yeah, they're not they're not the hood ornament, like you say, but they're more of like a windshield wiper. They need to be functional so everyone can tell. That's fair. Hey, they keep the stadium uh, rocking and loud, and they obviously do some pretty good stuff in the competitions they got going on. But, man, how did we bring in the top two cheerleading squads in the nation as far as beauty is you know concerned. that's a win that's a win by the wow. big 10 you know they had to do what they had to do that, that's what that's where it was it wasn't about Bringing football the, they were wrong it's about cheerleading this is not about money this is about beautiful women it's what it's always been about let's get talking some more football let's buddy do it. let's get back to the let's get back to the balls away from the titties <laughs> and back to the balls all right so let's get into these transfer quarterbacks uh, so we got Sam Hartman, number one ranked quarterback in the transfer portal, heading to Notre Dame. Yeah. What you got on that? Yeah, I think that was a good pickup for Notre Dame. They obviously needed a passer after last year's abysmal passing season. So Sam Hartman came in last year with 3,701 yards, 38 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. 
for a QBR rating of 76.2, and that's no slouch. I think he was hurt a little bit that season, too. He was. He came into the season with a non-contact injury. He had kind of some kind of heart issue or cardio cardiac issue that made him miss the first few games until he got cleared. Yeah, a great pickup for Notre Dame, right? Coming, oh, yeah. Coming Extremely in from good Wake pickup. Forest. And then number two, we got Devin Leary from NC State to UK. We have number three, Hudson Card coming from Texas to Purdue. He did a pretty good job in backup duty for Quinn, Quinn Ewers when he got uh, he got hurt against Alabama. So definitely getting a good QB there in Purdue. For sure. He's not going to get relocated to backup at Purdue, though. He's got the job, right? Oh, absolutely not. He's definitely taking that starter position. And then who we got in at number four? Oh, you know, you got Neon Dion Sanders' son here, Shador, obviously following his dad out to Colorado. So yeah, let's no see how he does. There. It's a big step up in that competition, so we'll see how he does. Say so we have a few more quarterbacks, but let's stay a little Big Ten focused here, and let's skip on down to old Tanner Mordecai uh, heading to Wisconsin, bringing in that air raid offense, supposedly. He's in a good place being in the Midwest. He sounds like he's one of the children from Children of the Corn. Tanner Mordecai has been in the college football since before I was born. Oh yeah, he's been around a long time. I'm pretty sure he was a backup for Joe Montana. He was at the Last Supper. I think they got him painted in on that picture. It's kind of crazy. We got to mention DJ Uyunglele going from Clemson to Oregon State. Just because of all the news, man, I hope they win the Pac-12, man. I hope he does great. Yeah, I'm hoping a great rebound. I think he caught a little too much slack for what happened at Clemson. I don't think he was one to blame, and I'm hoping I'm right, and he turns it around and actually takes Oregon State to the Pac-12 championship game. And Colin Shea is joining Chip Kelly out on the West Coast. Their last season Sleeper in the Pac-12. Luke Altmyer coming in from Old Miss to Illinois. 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 See how that goes. Burt is going to need him. He'll be a strong team, though, especially getting oh, yeah. a nice quarterback like that. Them bellies are ready to roll, man. So, Bert's got them. So is there anyone else you wanted to mention that's not on that list of top 10? You know, well, not in the top 10, but we'll talk about Graham Mertz. Obviously, he was the first four-star quarterback to ever commit to the University of Wisconsin. It didn't really pan out, and now he's going down to Florida to get his second shot at life. Yeah, do you, have you heard anything about him starting there? Uh, no, I just heard there's a good battle going on, um, and then we're going to see who starts having announced anything yet. Yeah, this time of year. Uh, I'm they, not even sure if they've really put any leads out there. Yeah, this time of year, they don't like to announce that stuff. It's a quarterback battle all the way, just like it is at Ohio State. Caden McNamara is heading to Iowa. They need a quarterback desperately. They don't have an offense. They cannot throw the ball, so looking for him to do big things. No, I agree. I think that's a, a positive change for Iowa. They needed a quarterback. They got a quarterback. Obviously a proven winner. Now you could probably say he's not the most talented guy, but he definitely knows how to play ball. And another one that we missed is the transfer to Nebraska, which is Jeff Sims, which I'm super excited about. I think he's very dynamic. Definitely a a great athlete and and a decent quarterback. Hopefully Matt Rule can get him to be awesome at both and watch out. Nebraska could be dangerous with Jeff Sims. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. It'd be awesome to see how they do. I'm looking forward to seeing that game in Minnesota when we go up there and watch Minnesota and Nebraska. Nebraska, seeing what they have to offer. But yeah, I think that's most of the big time QBs. I will add that Wisconsin added three quarterbacks from the transfer portal, which is kind of interesting. And they brought them in from some big time places too. So that should be an interesting quarterback battle. I'm assuming Mordecai is going to take it since he's, you know, got 50 years of experience in football, uh, <laughs> but it'll still be interesting. So who else is he competing against? So we got uh, Braden Lockie from Mississippi State, and then we have Nick Evers or Evers from Oklahoma. So Oklahoma and decent, you know, uh, Mordecai was at Oklahoma for a few seasons back in 2018. I think he got the date wrong. It was 1908. <laughs> 
1908. That's right. So we got uh, we, we skipped the draft. So we got back into some more football, at least from some of the conversations. But hey, we wanted to remind you if you go to NIL Fan Vote on Facebook at NIL Fan Vote on Twitter or on Instagram, leave us something. We'll cover it on here. If you want to come on and talk to us, let us know. All right, we'll put you on. Thanks and have a great day. Yes, sir. So, Beef, we racked up the prop bill. Time to make some money. Give us the mustard on our sponsor, NIL FanVote. So, NILFanVote.com. You got to go check them out right now. They are an awesome company. They're going to be taking us to Minnesota for the Minnesota-Nebraska game. We got a day off, then turning around going to Charlotte for the North Carolina-South Carolina game. And then an immediate turnaround going down to Orlando for the LSU-FSU game. You got to go check them out. They are a NIL company for the average college football fan. So, yeah. Yeah, they take donations from the average college football fan. You can vote for your favorite college football player. Those donations go to your favorite college football player. And then they rack and stack them and show you who's uh, the top NIL collector. Yeah, it's called the leaderboard. It's really cool. It's a great concept. So you can see where your player, your conference, your team stack up. It's something you got to go check it out. Go vote now. NILFanVote.com. Don't forget about their social media. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. Check it out. NILFanVote.com. So beef. Let's talk Nebraska. Let's peel back that corn husk and get a good look at them kernels. So how we got on this topic is we hooked up with NIL Fan Vote on Facebook. They reached out to some Nebraska fans for us and got some questions and concerns they wanted to talk about. But let's first, let's talk about our trip in Nebraska. What you got for me, Beef? Well, when you think about corn... You think about Nebraska, right? When you think about Nebraska, you think about corn. But in reality, the top corn-producing states are Iowa, number one, Illinois, number two, Nebraska comes in at number three. But we came in to Lincoln, and it was a pretty damn good time. Oh, it was a really good time. We met up with a 80-year-old Nebraska football player who decided to teach us how to drink two beers at once. and. If you guys want to see that video, like I said, hit up NIL Fan Vote on Facebook. Yeah, man. I mean, we've been there. Lincoln, Nebraska is a sweet, sweet city. I enjoyed being there. We just randomly stumbled into them, didn't we? Yeah, we. Uh, it was a night game, so we rolled into the bar that morning. <clears throat> when I say morning, it's probably like 11. Uh, you know, of course, it's Lincoln. It's game day, so everybody's drinking. Uh, and yeah, we kind of ran into him, struck up a conversation, and that was that. Yeah. And he was like, Hey boys, I got, you know, we were talking to him for quite a while and he was like, Hey guys, you want to see uh, a guy drink two beers at once? And we were like, fuck yeah, we do. And so he pulls out these two cups, puts them together like some magician and starts drinking. They're like the top ones pouring right into the bottom one just perfectly and goes down nice and smooth. Uh, the video we have was a little cut off. You didn't see him drink the whole thing, but the man drank two full beers simultaneously it was awesome a marvelous thing to see it was pretty cool it got our day started really well i mean what it may have been 11 a.m but it was pretty cool and then then the whole experience was i mean people just random people off the street were like hey i hope you're enjoying your time in lincoln all right it was a little like weird at first we were like put back maybe you know being a visiting traveling to you know say penn state or some southern schools that we've uh ventured to the hospitality there in Lincoln is is one of a kind, and it's what makes them one of the best fan bases in college football, in my opinion. Second to none. Then we stumbled upon a tailgate. Younger guys 
talked about corn production, you know, that one one of the biggest arguments was the, the seed that we needed to use. Of course, me and you really had no idea what kind of seed, but we went along with the conversation. They gave us food. They gave us drinks. We met up with them afterwards. They took us around to the bars, you know, drinks back and forth. Just great people to be around. Very, very welcoming, fun, energetic cheering well, supporting their team, no matter what. I mean, Nebraska's been god-awful. So it was a cool experience. I, I think anyone should go there. We went to a nice bar, jazz bar, right? And saw some comedy there downtown. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah, it was a comedy at Blues Jazz Bar. It was a good time. That was awesome, too. But when we really get into it, we really want to know what people think of Nebraska this year. So what do you got for us? Yeah, so we posted on an IL fan vote. We asked some questions to the fans, like what was their biggest concerns going into this 2023 season? And they had some good feedback for us. We had, you know, one of the fans was saying the fans are overhyping the season. You know, John, he's like, I have no idea. We could be 9-3. and three. We could be 3-9. and nine. I don't think anybody truly knows what to expect. And then David, he's like, yo, it's going to be a good year for Mr. First Year. Look out for Nebraska. And then my favorite came from TJ. His biggest concern, he said, hmm, that we don't show any progress and all this Rule-Aid everybody is drinking is just window dressing for Frost 2.0. Yeah, some of the other things that were trending were penalties. I went back and looked at it and they weren't necessarily that high on penalties last year. Playing and completing a full game, not losing in the fourth quarter, which was big. Finishing games. In 2021, they had seven games where they lost with one score or less. 2022, five. So it got a little bit better. But this year, they really wanted to have quarterback health. They wanted to find some receivers and keep Sims healthy. I mean, that's basically the gist of it. Yeah, they definitely talked about offensive line health. Defensive line depth and then keeping Sims healthy. They have a pretty good giant man out there playing tackle at 6'10, 320 pounds, old old giant Teddy. Uh, but he's also been having some health concerns of his of his own. Sims, what do you think about him? I mean, we talked about him a little bit in previous podcasts, but he's their guy, right? I love Jeff Sims. I think he's going to bring back some of that Nebraska 90s type feel for him. A great athlete. I think Matt Rule's a great coach to kind of get him dialed in, him dialed up. Of course, I think there's going to be some growing pains. Anytime there's a new staff, there's going to be that. But I think Nebraska is going to come out the gates competitive. I already picked him to beat Minnesota in the opener. Now, let's get into that schedule. So you, you talked about Minnesota already. We are going to be there NAL fan votes getting us there. It's going to be fucking awesome. We're going to be at the tailgates. We hope to see as many Nebraska fans, as many Minnesota fans as we can. We're going to interview people. We are going to put them on our social media. If you're really good, you may even make the podcast. Yeah, no doubt. Let's get a look at this schedule. Mm -hmm. We already talked about that game. And then they got to play their old rival in Colorado and taking on old Neon Dion. And and primetime escalated those ticket prices up to $213. And I think the highest price ticket other than that on their schedule looks like Michigan, $96. So it is more than doubled the price just just because of primetime. I mean, I know it's a rivalry, but primetime raised those ticket prices single-handedly. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, and Matt Rule's got his work cut out for him with having a Big Ten opener at Minnesota, then going on getting that rival. Yeah, getting the rival, and then obviously the next big game is Michigan at Nebraska. That's going to be a handful. Michigan's definitely the best team in the Big Ten. Until someone unseats them, that's undebatable, in my opinion. 
so after Colorado, they go to Northern Illinois. That should be a W. Louisiana Tech, that should be a W. Then Man, why are you throwing them in there? There's a reason I skipped over them. You want to talk about cupcakes? Yeah, I mean, we want to give them their wins. That's fair. That's fair. We always got to see what's hanging over the belt line, man. Those muffin tops are worth talking about sometimes. The Michigan game, that's a loss. Illinois, that's a winnable game, but it's a toss-up. You know, it's at Illinois, so it might be a little bit harder. They got Northwestern. They got Purdue. At Michigan State, Maryland at home, at Wisconsin, and then Iowa. So out of those games, which ones are definitely a loss in your eyes? I don't think any of them are definite loss outside of Michigan. I think that's the only definite loss. Now, obviously, they're going to have to get some, get kind of grooving, get things moving for them, you know, against Wisconsin, against Iowa. Those are probably the two of the tougher games remaining on their schedule. But, you know, they're, Purdue's beatable. Michigan State's beatable. Maryland's beatable. Do I think those some of those schools are better than Nebraska at this point? Yes, but who knows? Let's see how the season goes. But Nebraska could definitely get those W's in those games. And I think they yeah, could I even see, take Wisconsin and Iowa. Yeah, and I see a 7-5 and five as their floor and, and probably where they'll end up, somewhere 7-5. and five. So if I was going to pick it right now, I would say that they beat Minnesota. They lose to Colorado. Sorry, guys. They lose to Michigan. They lose to Illinois. And they'll probably beat one of Wisconsin and Iowa just because they'll pull one of those games out. And then they'll lose to one of the people that they shouldn't. No, I agree. I think that's a pretty good outlook. I mean, they could surprise somebody. They could definitely maybe sneak another win or two in there. Also could down uh, and be a little worse than 7-5. and five. So I think that's a nice little area for them to be in. Yeah, 7-5 and five is where we'll pick it. And if you... Huskers have anything you want to add? Hit us up. We're willing to add more to you later. If you want to come on and talk, be our guest. We'll get you on. Visit NILFanVote.com. Visit NILFanVote on Facebook. At NILFanVote on Instagram. And at NILFanVote on Twitter. Thank you and God bless. Big Ten Backers Podcast. Follow our sponsors at NIL Fanboat on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also visit the website NILFanboat.com. Oh, no Midwest goodbye today.